The Detroit Pistons season is coming to a close soon, and it's time for us to take our first real dive into talking about the upcoming draft where the Pistons will have a top pick. We're going to talk about that with our special guest today in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. We're just under 200 subscribers away from 5K subscribers. So please go over there, hit that subscribe button. Let's try to get there before the end of the season. And also, you can leave a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Um, Throughout this podcast, we're just going to be talking about everything draft. This is going to be my first dive-in episode, just talking strictly uh, prospects, the draft, uh, maybe a little bit of the offseason. I know you guys have been waiting for that, and as the season closes, and especially when the season does officially close, we'll really dive even further into it. Um, But this is the first episode we're doing it, and I have a special guest joining us on the podcast today. You guys can go ahead and call him Dope. I've, I've interacted with him on Twitter. Um, you guys can follow him over on Twitter. I'm dope, LOL. He's great with Pistons analysis, great with draft prospects, everything involving the draft. I'm going to really respect his opinion. So if you haven't checked him out, um, definitely go check him out on Twitter. Follow him. He provides great analysis with the draft and all that. So, um, and, and a Pistons fan just like the rest of you guys. So, dope. Appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, this, let's, let's get right into it. So, the Pistons currently... They're sitting with the top odds in the entire draft. So we know that with being at the top of the draft, if you have the first odds, um, the first three first three teams all have the same odds, but it makes sure the Pistons don't fall anywhere further than five. Um, so the first thing I want to kind of get your opinion on, um, we're going to be all over the place, so just stay tuned, everybody. But the first thing I kind of want to get your opinion on with the draft is, Wemby's obviously number one. I feel like at least still – Scoot is basically going to be number two, I feel like. If the Pistons were to fall to three, four, five, without diving too deep into them, into these prospects, just what are some names that you think the Pistons will be looking at if they were to fall to three, four, and five? What what are some names you think they'll be looking at? Well, the first one that comes up to my mind is obviously Brandon Miller. Uh, A lot of Pistons fans love him. Uh, Another option is obviously Amon Thompson. Uh, probably the freakish, ad, the most freakish athlete in this class, other than Victor Wembanyama, of course. Uh, we have uh, his twin brother Asar Thompson, uh, and Cam Wimbler and Jarris Walker rounds out that list to me. Okay, so let's go. Let's go in between all all of those guys you just named there, and and a little bit later we'll talk about the top of the draft, where it sounds like it's maybe getting even a little bit more confusing than maybe we think it was going to just a few months ago. But just let's dive in a little bit. I want to get your thoughts on some of those guys. So I've talked about on the podcast, and, and I, you've said you've listened, and me and you, we've, we've done a lot of Twitter spaces over the last few weeks. So I think you under, I think you know where I stand with it. I think the Pistons desperately need some wings. Their wing room, I think, is one of the worst in the entire NBA, if not the worst. I think it's the main reason why this team has been so bad this year. I think it's the main reason why um, it's looked like a tank. Um, I, I feel comfortable with the entire young core. If you could just add some wing pieces, 
uh, to this team. So staying with some of those guys that you just named, one, are all of those guys wings? And two, what do you believe each one of those guys, if they were to draft them, what part of the wing room do they help improve? Uh, I know Bram Miller, just my outside, I guess, ignorant opinion as of this point, because I haven't really dove in like that yet. But Bram Miller, I'm assuming, would be shooting. Just where are some some, um, areas that you think those wings, if they were to draft some of them, what areas are they improving with this team that they need desperately to improve? Um, and, okay, so Brandon Miller helps with shooting. He is going to be a slight positive defender, uh, day one, probably a neutral. Uh, so he helps in both of those areas, especially because our wing room was easily probably the worst defensive wing room in the NBA. Uh, Amin Thompson, freak athlete. You can look at him more as a guard, but on this team, he will be a wing because he has the frame, six foot seven, obviously. Uh, we'll need to bulk out a little bit, but I feel like so like Brandon Miller's 200 pounds. He needs to bulk up. So does Asar. So does uh, like other prospects in this class. He helps with athleticism, uh, playmaking. You can always need more of that. Uh, defensively, he is a menace, in my opinion. Uh, very strong. It's the same thing with his brother, Asar. Uh, great playmaker, great connector, uh, which is what every team needs. Every team needs more and more connectors. Uh Really, really good defensively. Asar can just lock down opponents. Uh, he might have generational lateral quickness. It's insane how quick he is uh, at the point of attack, uh, as well as being a great off-ball cutter. So he's able to thrive off of Ivy and Cade's gravity. When they bend defenses, they could kick it out of Asar, and Asar will be able to uh, take advantage of that. Cam Whitmore is the same thing. Uh he is a freakishly athletic uh, forward. He's six foot seven. He's like two hundred and thirty plus pounds. I mean, he is like a bowling ball. Uh, he's got a nice, consistent jump shot. I think he's shooting thirty five percent on catch and shoot threes at his time in Villanova, which is obviously uh, efficient, as well as being one of the best finishers in the class. Sixty percent at the rim in a half court setting, uh, as well as. Uh, being there defensively off ball and on ball. And it, last on the list is Jairus Walker, who is not a wing. He is a four. He plays the four. He could potentially play the three, but I feel most comfortable with him at the four spot. Great secondary rim protector, great switch defender, uh, chops his feet up really well. We need more defenders. We need more playmakers. Jairus Walker is, he, he reminds me of like Dern, where his processing speed is so quick that as soon as he gets the ball, he's able to make the consistent and right read time and time again, as well as a three-point shot that looks very, very solid. And, yeah. All right, so let me just ask you this. So like I've said over and over on the podcast, that I think the Pistons desperately need to address their wing room. I feel like, again, I've said this before, I feel like if you brought almost everybody back, but just simply address like three players in the wing room, all of a sudden this team looks different. Now they probably won't do that, but that's just my, it's kind of my way of illustrating just how bad the wing room is and how much that actually held this team back that you could probably just replace three wings with some guys and they would be infinitely better. Looking at, I'm, I'm looking on Tankathon. I'm looking at the mock draft. Obviously it's probably not too accurate, but where I'm going with it is I'm seeing a bunch of six, nine, six, seven, six, seven, six, eight, six, seven, six, seven, six, seven, six, nine, six, 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 eight, like a lot of, lot of seems like wings in this draft. 
if the Pistons do fall out of the top spot, or if they do fall to two, and let's say they, they don't like Scoop for some reason, which I, I pray to God they, they do, but let's say they do fall to two, they don't like Scoop, they fall to three, four, five. Do you think they will have any problem addressing their wing room in this draft? Not at all, especially because this class is so wing heavy. Uh, even in the later first and second round, we're not going to dive into that, of course, because we don't have enough time, but uh, it's a wings league and more and more guys are coming in with uh, bigger than ever, taller than ever, and being more skilled as ever. And uh, I feel like if you do fall out of the top two, it, it'll hurt and it'll suck. Or if you're not high on scoot, you, you're still able to get the biggest need that the team has, which is a wing. And not only are you able to fill that need, but there's a lot of wings, in my opinion, that could come in and help and be that third option alongside Kate and Ivy and help propel this team to where we need to get to. All right, fair enough. When we come back, though, coming up, we're going to talk about the heated debate that's been going on over the last few weeks. I just want to touch on it, and then we'll continue to talk about some other prospects and the Pistons' upcoming draft that will be pretty big for their rebuild. Um, so stay tuned to that. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. I'm really geeked out by a new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline, play on the go, as you want, when you want to. And I, when I tell you that it's challenging, it is very challenging. I've yet to do anything in my three seasons of doing this. Somehow, Lockdown Bulls, I feel like they're cheating somehow. Uh, one of you guys actually said they think that they might be contributing or participating in, like, microtransactions to try to boost them. Hey, I don't know what it is. You guys can go ask them what's going on because they've won the championship twice. I haven't been able to do anything in this. So it definitely is challenging. It's not easy. Um, it also is kind of fun too. So I definitely would suggest you guys go and try it out. And Locked On Pistons listeners get 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Again, to scan the code or look it up in the app stores. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Before we dive any further into the draft, I just want to say Dope mentioned to me that he did download the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app, and he's having just as hard of a time as I am. Now, I can't say I got fired. He said he got fired one offseason in. I haven't gotten fired yet, but it's getting. I have to assume it's getting close. Um, so that it just lets you guys know how challenging it is. It's, have you had fun playing it, Dope? Oh, I had so much fun, bro. I was actually three seasons in. That's how far I've gotten. Fair and enough. I drafted three players. Two of them were busts, by the way. So that <laughs> that just shows you how that just shows you how hard this is, man. And I got fired because I said I would make the playoffs, and I did it. And I I lost my job. Tough scene, tough scene, tough scene. But that I'm telling you, it's challenging, guys. You guys got to check it out. It definitely, it's pretty fun. Um, 
All right, so dope. I, I'm gonna. I don't want to go too crazy with this, this this heated debate that's been going on because it's going to change by the time the draft comes around. Maybe Scoot goes higher. Maybe Brand Miller goes higher. But opinions are still being formed. So I, I'm obviously the debate we're talking about is Scoot versus Brand Miller at two. If the Pistons were to fall to two, um, people are starting to become really high on Brandon Miller. He's out of I believe Alabama. Um, so. Instead of I, – I, the way I want you to answer this, I don't really want you to answer whether who's better, but just give us the idea of why Bram Miller is all of a sudden catching up to Scoot in some people's eyes, what's so good about his game, and what is so great about Scoot's game. Because I've talked with you personally. You still have Scoot above Brandon Miller. What's so great about Scoot's game, but what is it about Bram Miller that's making people out there like, oh, God, is, is he actually the number two guy? Like, what's going on here? Well, it – it's the size, man. It's it's a wings league, like I said it before. And when you're six foot nine and you're able to self-create at the level that he can at the three-point line, it's so incredibly valuable. He can hit it off the movement, off ball, in the catch and shoot stance. Uh he's able to self-create step back, sidesteps. When you when you're able to do that, and not only do that, but do that efficiently, GMs are going to find you very valuable, especially because I feel like there has been a lot of guards of like Scoot's archetype that are speedy, electrifying, but can't really shoot and didn't take that step that GMs expected him to take. And uh, I should dive into Scoot's game a little bit. Like I just stated, he's a speedy, electrifying guard with a nice and solid, consistent mid-range shot. Uh, He does tend to go to that mid-range shot too much, in my opinion, and doesn't attack the paint at will like he did last season. So I feel like GMs are looking at that and seeing the kind of like uh, change of game. But it's weird because he still has that energy and that dog and that uh, motor that you see game in and game out with Scoot. It just he he it looks like he's trying to develop his game more than just take over the G League like some GMs expected him to. He can get to the paint at will. He's a really good playmaker. Uh, good at uh, a uh, good passer into the interior. He can hit. Uh, he can drive and kick, right? Uh, super efficient at the rim. Uh, really good. Probably the best mid-range jump shot, in my opinion, for a speedy, electrifying, uh, undersized guard. That is something I failed to bring up. He is undersized, of course, six foot two, but he is a tank. You've seen those pictures of Scoot. He just looks like a pro already. And uh, I feel like it's, I feel like the biggest difference between Scoot and Brandon Miller and why Brandon Miller's there with Scoot and some of these GMs eyes are the size and the three-point shooting. It's obviously a three-point shooting league. And when you can shoot uh, the ball as efficiently as Brandon Miller has, uh, it's uh, very, it's very, uh, it's very hard to replace. And it's very hard to find uh, guys that can hit off movement. You know, as I said, hit and catch a shoot stance, uh, have that handle that he has. He has a pretty wide and loose handle, but he's able to recuperate a lot and use that uh, those wide steps and, and that wide handle to create separation and to be able to get a little bit more burst when he's attacking these uh, guys and getting into his spots in the mid-range, which he doesn't take a lot, obviously, but at the rim, which you've seen those improvements throughout the uh, throughout his college season. So just quick answer. Don't spend too long yeah. with this. I just want a real quick answer because I want to take it somewhere else too. Um, he, I've seen that he had a, a tough tournament 
play Brandon Miller. Is does that concern you at all? Does that should that concern GMs or just where you're at? Just quick answer with that. No, I okay. don't think so. Yeah, fair enough. All right, okay. So the next part I want to go with this is, so I've seen some people throughout the year, and like I said, I don't do scouting myself during the season, but I read. I have some people that I trust, and I read what they have to say about the draft. And a lot of people, I feel like during the season, were calling Scoot Henderson a generational prospect. And that he was, I saw some people say he's the best guard prospect since Derrick Rose. Do you feel like that's an accurate portrayal of what he is? And do you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, like I've said it before, man, the things that he can do is on a different level. Uh, rim pressure is obviously, in my opinion, the most important uh aspect of basketball when you're able to get to the rim at the level that he can it just brings so much gravity towards him and it's going to create so many open looks for uh for his teammates obviously i talked about his mid-range game when you have that that ability gms are able to believe in the touch that you really couldn't believe in with some of these other speedy archetypes for example Jaden ivy right lack the floater game lack the mid-range game he had a three-point shot. Some GMs didn't think that it could translate. With Scoot, he has that mid-range game. He's efficient from the free throw line. He's got the floater game. He's got the touch. And you're able to easily project that uh, project that into the three-point line. All right. So with Scoot, with this whole idea of Scoot versus Brandon Miller, um, if the Pistons were to just how, – w- would you be angry, disappointed if the Pistons were to go Bram Miller over Scoot at two? Would you understand it? Does what what would your feelings be at this moment on March? What is this? March twenty fifth. How would you feel at this moment if they went Bram Miller over Scoot? I might get banned on Twitter. To be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, so so let, yeah. let, let me let me say this real quick. So I think the biggest reason that this is becoming a debate, especially for the Pistons, I feel like for other teams it may not be as much of a debate that's going on here. But I think the reason why it's becoming such a debate in the Pistons community is what I just said in the first segment. The, the wings are awful. They desperately need wings. Brandon Miller's a wing. He's right there. He addresses shooting. He could be really good. Like, he's right there. He fits this team perfectly. I, I don't want to get into my argument of you never take fit over best player available. You always take best player available. But what I want to ask is this. Do you have – what are your concerns, if you have any, based on what you've seen from Scoot and your scouting, do you have concerns about his ability to fit with Cade and Ivy on the floor? And what are those concerns that could possibly be raised? Um, I, I mean, you have talked about it. I'm sure some of the concerns that people after will immediately come up with that are listening is, well, you'll be undersized defensively if you have Ivy and Scoot as your backcourt in the league that's going bigger and bigger and bigger um, at, the, at the – just overall in all positions. Um, just what, what do you have any concerns about them fitting together and what would those concerns be and the concerns that you do bring up, how, just how concerned are you? Well, the first thing that comes to mind too is three point shooting, obviously, right? Uh, if we do add Scoot, our best three point shooter between the three would be Jaden Ivy, which isn't, it doesn't sound good when you, when you put it at that and. But I'm not too concerned about that because I obviously I'm a I'm an optimistic Pistons fan. So I do think that Cade and Ivy will grow as three-point shooters. But once again, Koo, if it doesn't work out, that, that's going to be what easily holds this team back. And obviously, like you said, defensively, the best the best thing about Cade is that 
he's so he's such a big point guard and then you're able to put ivy alongside next to him because kate is just so huge and could guard other twos and threes and you could put ivy on point guards and such you lose that size when you when you when you run out the court with the six foot two scoot six foot four jay and ivy and a six foot six small forward and kate cunningham so i feel like those would be the biggest concerns in my opinion and and how and how big are, are those concerns large enough for you to pass up on Scoot? No, I mean because there's so many positives that you get with having three dynamic playmakers and initiators in K Cunningham, Jen and Ivy, and Scoot Henderson. Okay, and the last question I'll ask you, and then we'll move on. Um, in the, in the final segment, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but then there's another place I want to go with it. Um, but last question I have for you. We've talked about this a lot in the spaces. I'm sure a lot of the people that have tuned in with the spaces. If you haven't, uh, if you're not on Twitter or if you are on Twitter and you don't follow us, definitely follow us. We be hosting spaces just to talk piston soups whenever we get bored. It's a lot of fun. We talk with you guys. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. So definitely check it out and, and follow us if you haven't already. Um, but we, we've, we've had some people come into the spaces and tell us that, yes, the fit may be wonky and there is some concerns that need to be played out. But we've had some people say you deal with that with Scoop because Scoop may very well be a better prospect than even Cade Cunningham, and then you don't pass on that. Do you agree, just real quickly in short, do you think that Scoot is a better prospect than Cade, or do you think they're on the same level? And do you agree with why I said earlier that I saw some people saying that he's a better prospect, he's the best guard prospect since D. Rose? Do you think that's a little bit too far? Just your overall thoughts on everything I said just there. I think they're on the same level. I would give like a slight edge to Scoot just because of the athletic freak that he is. It helps his ceiling tremendously. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Scoot and Brandon Miller. I feel like those are the two guys that are really popular in the Pistons community right now. And we'll talk about that. And then also I'll run a fake simulator on Tankathon and we'll play out a draft according to how dope thinks the draft would go in this fake lottery that I'm going to sim here. So stay tuned for that. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet today. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And a player prop that I'd advise for you guys to stay tuned with is Killian Hayes' over on his assist, Jane Ivey's over on his assist, and, deter- and whether or not the other plays or not, I- I'd look at their point, uh, their point spreads too. I- I'd look at that. They've both been really good, especially playmaking lately. I feel like that's been a good bet to take the over on their assists. Um, their points are a little bit more risky, but their assists I feel very confident with. I've been going with that a lot lately. Um, so don't miss your shot at the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up today. Make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Um, so, Dope, we, we spent a lot of time getting your thoughts on on Scoot. And, again, like I've told you guys, Dope is a, is a Pistons fan just like you guys. 
but I've interacted with him a lot over the past year. I've, I've, I've gained a lot of respect for his opinion. He knows what he's talking about. He's really good with the draft. I really respect his opinion. So you guys definitely need to go check him out. Follow him on Twitter. I'm dope. LOL. He's again, like I said, he knows what he's talking about with the draft stuff. Um, we're going to have someone else on the podcast eventually um, that I've also grown to respect in the draft too, in the Pistons community. I want to put on Pistons uh, fans that are trying to get into this space and do really good work and know what they're talking about. And dope is definitely one of those guys. So um, check him out on Twitter if you haven't already. But so we spent a lot of time getting your thoughts on Scoot. Brandon Miller is the other one. We've gotten some of your thoughts on him. But just if he were to come to this team, if he were to join the Pistons, the Pistons draft him at three, let's say three or even two. Let's say they would go with him at two. What's he instantly bringing to this team? How much do you think he would help this team? And what is your, what's your evaluation of him as a prospect overall right now as well? Well, he brings that three-point shooting that we so desperately need, man. Uh, he's able to space out the floor for Cade and Ivy for them to be able to work the mid-range game, for them to be able to attack the paint consistently, and for someone that they can rely on off-ball to uh, score, give them a ton of assists. You know, uh, that's I think that's the strongest – that's the biggest strength of Brandon Miller is his ability to play off-ball. Uh, I think he's great in transition. His athleticism shines. You obviously have two point, uh, play, playmakers in Kate and Ivy that are willing to give him the ball in transition, and you could see those three just automatically fit so well together. I like Brandon Miller as a prospect a lot. Uh, in, in my opinion, he's number five for me in this class, but he's still one of the better ones uh, in like the last decade, in my opinion, or last five, three years, whatever the case may be. Uh, his creation has taken a major step, Koo. Uh, obviously, from the three-point line, it, I think when I watched his high school film, he was able to uh, work a lot in the mid-range game. I kind of see similarities to Chris Middleton, right? So when you think of that, obviously, it's a question, is Chris Middleton worth the second overall pick? I mean, that's a whole different conversation. But once again, this team would be great with the Chris Middleton as their third option. So... I think that uh, having Brandon Miller alongside Kate and Ivy is able to help us get to the levels that we need to be. I think the fit wise is one of the best that we could possibly have next to Kate and Ivy. All right. So two quick questions before we go into the fake lottery and get what you think, how it would play out. First question is, do you think that out of all the prospects that they could take in the top five, Brandon Miller fits the best? If you're just talking fit, you think he would fit the best or is there another prospect? Well, Wemby, without talking Wemby, but outside of Wemby, do you think Bram Miller's the best fit outside of that? Yeah, without a doubt, man. Uh, it's the three-point shot. Every other prospect uh, in the top five doesn't have that three-point shot that Brandon Miller has. So I feel like that is what helps him. Okay, and then the second question I have, you said you have him five right now on your, your prospect list. I'm assuming, two, obviously, two of them, Wemby and Scoot. Who are the other two, and why do you like those other two real quickly? Because I do want to get to this fake lottery and play that out. But who are the other two, and why do you have them? What's What about their game makes you have them a higher as a prospect than Brandon Miller, after all the things you've said about Brandon Miller's creation, three-point-wise, et cetera? It's the Thompson twins, in fact. It's Amin and Asar Thompson. Uh, they're Okay, so – their athletic, their athleticism is absolutely insane. I'm a guy that likes to bank on tools, right? If you have the right tools, I feel like we could work on the rest. And with Amin and Asar, it's kind of like 
it's kind of like the same thing with Dern, where Dern was this blank page that you could write whatever you want in it and change him to be whatever you want to build him as. It's the it's a similar way in Amin and Asar, right? Where their athleticism, Amin's first step, it's the best first step ever for someone that's taller taller than six foot five, without a doubt in my mind, man. I've never seen someone as quick and as agile uh, than him. He's got insane manipulation, insane passing. Uh, he's going to be a walking paint touch. It's going to be so easy for him. With Asar, it's with both of them, it's defense, but Asar is going to be that point of attack defender. He's easily, in my opinion, going to be an all defensive team player. When you get to have that level defensively next to Duran, next to whoever we get our four as, right, with Cade and Ivy, you, you start to see that we're building. You know, Ivy's a bad defender, but whatever. You start to see that we can build a top 10 defense potentially higher with both of those Thompson twins. As well, Asar also has probably one of the best handles, in my opinion, and a three-point shot that is growing 38% in the overtime playoffs, overtime elite playoffs. Absolutely insane. Eight attempts a game. So when you see that level of confidence for him to get the ball and just sling it over and over again, you start to see the work ethic that those two have and that you can start to build off of. Uh, and, and lastly, with those two guys, and then we'll get into the draft. You brought up athleticism. You brought up their 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 defense. I believe I remember you mentioning to me about their playmaking. Which one Which one of the Thompson Twins, or, or if both, have playmaking chops as well at their size? Which one is it? And again, if it's both, go ahead yeah. and let us know. In my opinion, I think they're both great playmakers. Uh, Amin is obviously the better one. Uh, he has potential to be a true primary initiator, right, where he's the guy that you build around of. Obviously, with the Pistons, that wouldn't be the case. He'd play alongside Ivy and Cade. But with Asar as well, in my opinion, they both have the potential to be elite-level connectors where they could get the ball, drive, be able to play, make, pass out of it, keep the ball flow, flowing, uh, yeah, and uh, be able to create more open looks for our teammates, including Kate and Ivy. Uh, and what's their? And this is the last thing we'll do, and then we'll go to the lottery. What's their weaknesses? What's 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 the the level of concern with both of them? I'm in Thompson. It's obviously his jump shot. It does not look pretty. Uh, it's it it just does not look good. I mean, he he works on it a lot. I've heard people say that he continues to work on it and put the effort in, but you just don't see it. I think he's inefficient in, in from the mid range area. He's inefficient from three. That's easily what's holding him back for being such a great prospect with Asar, Obviously I talked about his three point shot growing. He killed it in the playoffs, but for me, it's the creation from inside the three point line as well in the mid range area that's holding him back. He kind of isn't as athletic as Amin Thompson, still athletic though, but the level of creation just isn't there compared to Amin. Uh, but the handle allows him to get to his spots in the mid-range. He just can't make those shots. And I feel like with our core, with our uh, staff that we have, I feel like he could grow as a scorer in the mid-range area. All right, so – there you go with that. Let everybody let uh let dope know how you guys feel about what he said here in the comment section down below or over on Twitter. Now I want to get into end the podcast. I'm going to send the lottery here. And I'm going to, I want to get your opinion on how you think this would play out and who the Pistons would take. I'm kind of hoping that we don't get top two in this fake sim because I feel like that's kind of obvious. I want them to fall. So let's let's go ahead and click sim. 
All right, well, they got number one in this one. That's like the best outcome we've ever gotten ever on Locked On Pistons. So let's do it again. <laughs> good luck, man. Come on. All right, this okay. This is a good one. Okay, so we're gonna go through the draft. I want you to tell me how you think this plays out. So at one, Orlando Wemby, right? It, it Wemby, whoever. Okay, number two is Charlotte. Who does Charlotte take? In my opinion, I think Charlotte should go with Scoot Henderson. Okay, so Charlotte goes with Scoot. Three is Washington. Who does Washington take? Ooh, they should go on my, um, I'm in Thompson for sure. They need to get, they need that high ceiling guy, man. Okay. Number four, Indiana. I feel like it has to be Brandon Miller alongside Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin. Okay. And then at five is Detroit. So you, I'm assuming based on what we talked about earlier, you'd have Detroit taking a SAR. I would have Detroit taking a SAR Thompson at five. Yes. And who are some other players that would be at play at that five position that would have you seriously considering outside of SAR? Don't I don't want you to go through and just start naming like seven different dudes. Like if you were the GM, you're sitting at five, you see that play out. As SAR is at the top, but who are some other guys? If it's just one other guy that would make you sit and think, two, three, however, just legit guys that would have you sitting there like, okay, is it a SAR or should I be taking this other guy? If, if there even is someone else. I'm a big advocate for getting a third creator alongside Caden Ivy. So in my opinion, there's only one other guy at five that I would consider with Asar, and that would be Cam Whitmore. Uh, his level of driving, the physicality that he brings, he's so absorbed, like he absorbs contact super well. You can easily see a pathway of him becoming one of the better finishers in the NBA. And I feel like that would be with being great defensively as well. So I feel like that would be much harder. So Cam Whitmore is someone, Bryce Simon, host of the Pistons Pulse podcast. We had him on, uh, I believe, last week or two weeks ago, and he said Cam Whitmore is someone he's very high on. I think he said, I don't want to put words in his mouth, so don't go to Bryce and start telling, trying to spread lies that I started. But if I remember correctly, I think he had him in his top five or four with Cam Whitmore, how high he was. Um, what, what do you? This is what we'll end the podcast on since you brought up Cam Whitmore. Just why do you think someone like Bryce or people out there would be so high in Cam Whitmore? You brought up his ability to be a great finisher. What are some other things that he's working with that makes him an intriguing prospect? I've seen some people pretty high on him as well. Um, and Tankathon here has him at seven going to going to uh, Indiana in, in the just regular mock draft right now. So how do you feel about Cam Whitmore? And then we'll wrap up the podcast. Well, man, Cam Whitmore, it's his self-creation as well. Uh he, his handle is a little bad in my opinion, but it's because of how fast he is. And I feel like he has plenty of counters to get to the rim. I feel like he has plenty of times and moments where he creates his own three point shot and it looks, and there's moments and flashes where you easily can see him being a secondary play uh, scorer. maybe jumps in front of Ivy. I don't want to get into that. Obviously I feel like he'll be the third, but, uh, it's he's also young cool he's 18 years old i feel like he's the second youngest in the class maybe behind Gigi jackson uh so when you have someone that young obviously two years younger than asar two years younger than i and two years younger than brandon miller you're able to or like a year and a half or something you're able to have that extra time to make him adjust to the nba level all right so Thank you, Dope. I appreciate all your thoughts, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, I keep saying this is the last thing for the podcast, but this truly is the last thing. So one or two word answer. Out of everybody in the first round, of all the people that you've been scouting, 
who's the one guy that maybe you think people aren't talking about enough that could end up being like the diamond in the rough, like a Kawhi Leonard that gets taken in the mid round. If you had to pick one guy that you think could be that in this draft, who do you think it is? That's a good, you know what? Nick Smith Jr. Okay. I know, I know, we, yeah, we just, we just, one of our friends uh, just wrote an article about him. Is that why you're saying that? Are you being biased here? Or do you actually believe that? I actually, I actually think that he could be super talented, an all-star level guy. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Dope. Appreciate you coming on, man. Again, all you guys out there, follow Dope on Twitter. I'm Dope, LOL. Again, he's great with Pistons analysis, great with the draft. I respect his opinion highly. I wouldn't bring someone on the podcast and have him talking with you guys if I did not respect what they were talking about and think they knew what they were talking about. So he's a great follow. Go check him out. Um, thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Go Pistons. And peace out.